Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned PhD. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. Hey, hey, welcome everybody. It's Dr. Jason Carthen, the Leadership Linebacker, and I'm excited to be with you today. You know, we're going to have an amazing show for you. We're going to be talking about leading and consulting from a global perspective. But before I do that, I don't even want to begin the show without just uh, taking a moment and say our prayers are with those victims in Paris who experienced the senseless attacks that took place. The loss of life is never acceptable, and those who perpetrated those crimes should be ashamed at the basis level and uh, convicted uh, at the highest level. And just want to take a moment because, you know what, we don't operate this show in a vacuum, and we know that life is happening all around us. But at the end of the day, if you have an opportunity to influence others, and I consider this a privilege through the show to be able to influence, I just want to let everybody know that, you know, when certain things happen, uh, definitely want to react to it and just uh, share because it's uh, very powerful in that way. So... All right. So, uh, you know, I think increasingly corporations are weighing the benefits of becoming a multinational corporation or establishing locations in different countries. However, in a recent article by the Houston Chronicle, the case was made that there are potential dangers when taking your business global. You know, for example, different countries require that corporations seeking to do business must be open to a rigorous set of rules and requirements when they seek to establish transnational status. Furthermore, there are laws and potential hurdles to overcome, such as taxes, when you seek expansion outside of the United States. For this reason, leaders must make an educated and prudent choice when preparing to lead or consult on the global stage. Now, joining me today is a global thought leader with the pedigree to discuss some of the prudent choices and how they can either help or hinder an organization's bottom line. PhD candidate, soon to be doctor, Flo Falei, is here to help us navigate the interesting choices before leaping into the global marketplace. Now, before I introduce uh, Flo to you, just want to remind everybody that uh, we want to hear from you. If you have any questions, we want to engage you. You can give us a call at 1-888-281-1110, or you can always tweet your questions to me at Jason Carthen, I consider it a privilege. I have an amazing group of followers on uh, Facebook at Jason Carthen Enterprises and also on Twitter at Jason Carthen. I appreciate each and every one of you. Stay connected with me. And the following is also growing on Instagram. So connect with me there as well. And I also have the Jason Carthen Enterprises app. You can download that from the iTunes store or the Google Play Store. We'd love to be able to engage you there. And you can take me right in your back pocket on your iPhone. <laughs> that would be a good thing. We have a lot of great content there. And also have something very exciting that's coming up this week. I'm going to be hosting a webinar on Tuesday of this week. And I'm going to be talking about the I Speak Life Academy. That is going to be an amazing opportunity for you. So make sure you go to Facebook and connect with me there. I have some uh, information on how you can register. You can always go to jasoncarthen.com and register that way. But you don't want to miss this opportunity to enroll in the I Speak Life Academy. We got some great stuff there for you if you want to develop 
as a leader. Now, without further ado, I want to introduce to you PhD candidate Flo Falei. Okay, he is referred to as the hybrid leader, American born, British educated, and Nigerian raised. Flo is an author, international speaker, pastor, organizational leadership and relationship consultant, and the founder of the Hybrid Consortium. Flo's work as an organizational leadership expert is centered on raising and sustaining leaders in today's very competitive and increasing diverse global economy. Flo, welcome to the show, brother. How are you? I'm very well, and uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited, and I look forward to uh, spending this special time with you, as well as the audience um, that are listening from all over the world. Oh, thank thank you. you. Absolutely, Flo. Now, before we do that, am I pronouncing, would you pronounce your last name for me? Uh, sure. It's, uh, you got it almost right. It is <laughs> Falai. 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 Uh, okay. So that's, that's trying to make it as American as possible, but it, it really, from a Nigerian's perspective or accent, it's actually Falai. So it's a little bit downward. Okay. In tone. So it's fa la ye. So it's downward, down, down, down. Fa la ye. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Fa la ye. Okay. All right. Now, and I always want to give my guests respect. So at the end of the day, hey, I'm like, okay, am I saying this correctly? Fa la ye. Okay. All right. Good stuff. So, Flo, you know, before we dive into some of these uh, questions that I have for you, and, you know, we're talking about leading and consulting from a global perspective. Let me ask you, the journey to the Ph.D. is not for the faint of heart. So (laughs) where are you at in the process and how can we encourage you and pray for you, brother? Because I know it's a beast. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, I I need prayers for strength to just uh, to finish the push through. Um, The good news really is that I have defended my proposal. Um, I am actually in about to start data gathering. Um, so in a sense, I'm much closer. So I'm done with all the coursework. Um, it's been a journey of over, over four years. So, um, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to finishing it up. So I'm doing the research now and, nice. um, and afterwards I'll present what the research, uh, shows and then, uh, should be done. Nice. Very nice. Now, are you going quantitative or qualitative or are you doing mixed method or what are you doing here? I'm doing qual, so I'm doing qualitative. So I'll be doing some interviewing um, and observing the phenomenon uh, that I believe is uh, very pertinent to even our conversation today, as well as um, what is to come in the future. So nice. um, exciting. Very good. Very good. Well, hey, I applaud you for defending your proposal. It's it's downhill from here, man. It's just all about yeah. writing and getting some uh, finger cramps <laughs> as you yeah, type up right. everything uh, and making sure you get back all your responses. I mean, that part is going to be huge, too. So yeah. that's yeah. great. Now, Flo, it's my understanding that you are also married with three children as well. How's the family doing? Family as well. Um I have three boys. My I have two teenagers, and um, and my youngest is actually seven. Uh, oh. So it's uh, it's exciting. A lot of energy, but they're great kids. They're, they're wonderful. My blessing from the Lord, yeah. and um, I have no complaints or regrets at all. And the wife is also well. Good. Thank you for asking. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Flo, when we start talking about this idea of leading and consulting from a global perspective, you are actually, uh, you have your hands in this whole consulting thing. I know that you are dealing with the whole uh, leadership and relationship piece uh, from a consultancy standpoint. You know, how do you deal with the leadership component and why is that important to you today? You know, that's an excellent question. And um, what happened was I had done some work. I've been involved in the leadership space for quite some time. Um, I guess being raised the first of um, three boys, my, my parents actually also have three boys. Um, I, from a very, very early age, I was actually uh, expected to do so much, to set the tone, to, to be an example to my brother. So from a leadership standpoint, I had been involved in, in, in that from when I was much younger. When I went through high school, I was, in, I was the president, uh, class president. I was out this, one of the um, class captains, the house captain. So I, I grew into leadership um, uh, throughout my entire journey. Um, but what I realized was while there's a lot of emphasis on leadership, I also realized the gap. I realized that we went, uh, to some extent, we weren't looking at leadership as a system. Uh, in other words, we're looking at leadership as a complete house or a building or a structure. Uh, we were focused on more of the what I call the facade, the outward, the window, the door, the treatment. And we weren't, uh, at least I wasn't aware of many people doing a lot of what I call foundational work. Um, and as I began to explore the subject, even through my um, academic work, I saw how critical and how pivotal to leadership the foundational issues are. Uh, I think the way to say it is, is you know, there's the scripture that says that if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And I realized from a leadership or even relationship standpoint, um, many times we're building on shaky foundation mm-hmm. or what I call um, decaying foundation. And then we were surprised or we, many of us would become really surprised when things do happen down the road. But if we focus more time on the foundational stuff, I realize that leadership tends to go much, much longer, um, more impactful, and uh, the reach goes even beyond what we think is achievable. Mm. No, Flo, that is good stuff, man. I heard you say several things. I mean, let me go back to go forward. The whole idea that legacy was placed upon you. You know, when you you mentioned that your parents had three boys, too. So, you know, that that mantle of leadership has been placed on your shoulders early on to say, okay, I need to excel. I need to go deeper than most people. And that really that resonates with the second part of what you were sharing there. The whole idea that many times we do get caught up with the facade, just the outward appearance of what leadership is. But you are training yourself and you're adding to the research streams that really say, okay, no, we need to go deeper with this thing because if we're going to have lasting impact in the leadership space, then we need to, and I dare I say it, we need to deal with the leader's heart at the Uh end of the day. So, I mean, that what what you're sharing is powerful there, man. Now, how have you been able to sort of get past the facade is it research that's helping you do that, or are you talking to people, or how are you making a difference with that? You know, that's a, that's an interesting question. It's a great follow-up as well, um, and this is where I encourage people to do um, what I'm actually even going to say, which is spend time talking to people. 
Mm. Um, in some instances, you don't even have to talk. I just think sometimes we just need to be in the space where people are. Uh, in essence, what I'm saying is that, you know, as a leader, we can't really operate in vacuums. And I know the model of leadership that have existed and have been successful in the past has been those where uh, the leader actually is isolated, um, perhaps in the glass tower or in a chamber somewhere, uh, away from the people. But that style is actually gradually getting obsolete. Mm-hmm. Um, to get to know and to be able to react and be able to respond effectively in what I call this uh, 21st century, the social age, um, the leader must be in the trenches. The leader must be uh, uh, engaging. The leader must be involved. The leader must be, in a sense, present, mm. uh, such that people can actually interact and you can actually perceive. The data is only as good as what the people tell us. So if the pe- if the leaders are not with the people, then the information we're getting is going to be a little bit biased or incomplete. Mm-hmm. And, and so leadership really is maximized in, in the space where we're in touch with our people, either the followers or even peers or the community. Oh, my goodness, man. You are stepping on some toes, Flo. I got <laughs> to say that to you because, and we're going to take a break here in a second, but our reality, and I'm in agreement with you. Let me preface it by saying that I'm in agreement with you, but you're stepping on toes because the traditional belief system is that The leader needs to be separate. The leader needs to, as you put it so well, they need to be in their glass tower and and separate it away, you know, so they can make these pivotal decisions. But you know what? Many people are not willing to accept that any longer, you know. So, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, we all have to figure out, you know, how we can do better, you know, how we can kind of break down this this idea that the leader needs to be in that silo and only a trusted few, you know, have his or her ear, you know? So this is good stuff, man. You are, uh, you are embarking on a journey here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Now, and we're going to take a quick break, but uh, when we come back from break, I want to ask you what, what type of, um, subject matter are you going into with this dissertation? I mean, are you going to deal with this thing very specifically, you know, in, in terms of uh, breaking past the facade or, or have you even thought about that sort of thing at this point? So I have, I have, I have a long version of the long version answer. I have a short version, but let me give you, let me give you where I'm going eventually where I intend to get to. Um, I, I really believe that we're in an age where, if a new form of leadership is going to begin to take shape, uh, I call it hybrid leadership. Um, it's a leadership that actually is um, built upon diverse inputs. Um, in my research, I was, I was exploring the concept of how culture and how our pervasive uh, background experiences influence our leadership style. Now, why is that important? Uh, Dr. Jason, if you ask me, the reason why it's important is that we've got globalization going on today. Mm-hmm. In other words, you and I can literally be in China if we go online. I mean, we can we can see what's happening online. We can engage with people in China online. I mean, literally, the premise of distance has been compressed. Mm-hmm. Now, as a result, leadership 
and the people that we're interacting with have changed. It's a global world, it's a global economy, whether we like it or not. The teams in, in our respective corporation offices are diverse. They right. have people from different places. Uh, and, and so what, I, what, what we're seeing and what the test begin to show is that the leadership style is not just going to have to be situational. It is also going to be a function of the culture. Mm-hmm. In other words, the great leaders of tomorrow, today and tomorrow, will be those who are aware of the, how culture plays a role in different people's perspective and being able to adjust on the go as they lead their respective teams or organizations or corporations. Now, Flo, let me let me do this. We're going to pick this conversation back up after the break because you just said a lot, and we need to unpack this for our listeners because at the end of the day, I think this is the crux of what we're talking about, leading and consulting from a global perspective. All right, everybody. So, hey, you are on with the leadership linebacker, and we are talking to Flo Falei, and he is really giving us some nuggets right out the gate. So make sure you stay connected, and we'll be right back. Right. Welcome back, everybody. It's Dr. Jason, and we are talking to Flo Falei, and we are dealing with the idea of leading and consulting from a global perspective. Now, at the end of the day, we all have to make decisions on how to grow and expand our business. And the whole idea of moving into a global marketplace comes with a lot of decisions that need to be made on the front side of it. And Flo, before we went to break, was sharing with us that You know, if we are going to be able to leverage, you know, our impact, uh, he has come up with the idea of being a hybrid leader. And he gave the great example of if we were connected with someone in China from an online perspective, the leader that is going to be able to put together a team that is more diverse and a team that is not just situational is going to be able to do some amazing things because culture is going to play a part. Now, Flo, do you want to pick up that conversation? Because, man, you shared a lot right there. <laughs> and I think many people, I know some of uh, some of my clients and some of my people that are involved in Speak Life University, they would love to understand, you know, how do we do that, though? How do, okay. how do we make it intentional that way as a hybrid leader? That's, that's, um, that's interesting. Um, let me, let, me, let me give you a hypothetical example. I was in, I was in Shanghai. Um, in July, and um, I spoke on this premise of a hybrid leader um, construct mm-hmm. to a group of uh, human resources um, professionals. And, and one thing I, I started with was I inquired from the audience how many people, um, I, I tried to get a sense for how many people actually have um, either being exposed to um, education outside China. And a good number of them, so some of them were uh, uh, trained in the U.S. and went back to China. Um, and some of them are still actually working with um, global companies, um, U.S.-based companies, but um, operating out of their Chinese or their Shanghai office. Now, long story short, I, I, I began to inquire and ask them if they are still the same individuals 
um, that um, that if if they if they if they've observed any changes since they left to go study and upon their return, and all of them actually did talk about the fact that by coming into the uh, the U.S. and studying, they um, they adopted or observed and became part of the American culture. Okay, mm-hmm. now on going back to. Um, Shanghai, and some of them, most of them are actually Chinese and, and, and local and based in Shanghai. Okay. And going back to Shanghai, many of them realize that they have been transformed, changed, okay? Yeah, yeah. by exposure. And change really comes by exposure, uh, interaction, uh, uh, and being really open and, and trained, right? Right. So, uh, so the dilemma they faced was that they've gone back home, but they're no longer the same as they were when they left it many years ago. In the States, when they do come into the States, they're not 100% American. And rightly so, because they're, um, maybe they're, they're growing up and, and their development phases actually happen outside the U.S. But however, they do understand the American culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that began to inform upon my heart this, what I call this definition of a hybrid. A hybrid really is an individual who actually has been exposed to more than one culture. Mm. Okay, so that's, by definition, that really is is where that, that's coming from. That's hybrid. Okay. So these individuals have a way of bridging. So in a sense, I see them as bridges between culture. Now, I'm going somewhere. I'm painting a picture in a different way, hopeful, hopeful that people will get... Take your time, Pastor. You're doing all right. Keep it going. <laughs> now, these individuals are bridges. When they're in the states, they speak, you know, purely like uh, they're in the states. And when they get back into Shanghai, they speak purely as if they're Chinese. Okay. However, inside them, there is uh, a, a switch that keeps going back and going off and on. You know, I, I, part of our research, when we said the research, I looked at the premise of a hybrid car. If you were to observe a hybrid car, you will never know if it's actually operating in electric mode or in gas mode. Right, yes. You, you, will, you will know that, right? Right. But that vehicle is, is moving on. It's accelerating. He's doing everything he's designed to do. But you want to know, but internally, there is a constant switching that's going on between either the electric mode or the gas mode, based on whatever the variables or the factors are. That's the premise of that hybrid leadership. In other words, when a hybrid leader gets into an environment, he's constantly adjusting based on the culture he's perceiving. Mm. If organizations want to go into new climates, new uh, environment, new, new countries, there's a need for them to either become hybrid in their disposition, and that's where that's where my work comes in, where we help leaders in their onboarding process, uh, global leaders in particular, or we help raise uh, their leadership level to to begin to expand to the point where you can operate as a hybrid leader. Mm. And, and so that that really, I mean, I know your earlier question was where where am I going now with with some of my research work? That really is where I'm going is to is to help people. Uh, understand what it means to be a leader who's aware, not just, I know, I, for example, when I was in college in the States, people used to say, oh, you have an accent. Well, everybody has an accent. 
Yeah, that's but right. I, get, I get what they're saying in that my accent was more, more was a little bit different. I went to school in the middle of Illinois, so I understood what they were saying with regards to my accent being different. But my point was, culturally, it's not enough to say I, you have an accent. Mm-hmm. You need to, we need to get deeper into how does this individual think? How does this individual act? How can I actually reward? How can I maximize this resource? How can I continue to lead and be effective with these individuals that are on my team? You know, how can I reach this nation? If I'm going to a different nation, how can I make an indent or, an imp- or, or, or how can I make an impact rather in this country uh, with my organization? So that really is the mindset that you know we must uh, embrace. I, I love. I, I'm going to drop the scripture. You know where it says that uh, ye are of the world, but uh, so you so you are in the world, but you're not of born. the world. Yep. <laughs> you know, so, so, so we have a hybrid. Well, we have a hybrid living lifestyle already. Well, let me and let me react to this because you've said a lot, and man, I could just let you just keep going. But I think one of the things. Let me put it into context for our listeners because if, if we look at the. The title of today's show is Leading and Consulting from a Global Perspective. You are throwing down the gauntlet and basically saying that it is not enough to just be uh, transplanted somewhere and say, okay, well, we'll just figure out how we can fit in. You know, no, as a leader, we have to go deeper. It can't just be situational. It has to be culturally plausible, and you need a individual that is going to really be able to switch back and forth, but it's a seamless sort of transition. And it reminds me of GE and what Jack Welch talked about. You know, he was so successful in terms of GE and and becoming a a global uh, brand that the idea was, you know what, we don't want to transplant our people. We want to hire people that are there already that understand and they can make the leap, the switch back and yep. forth, exactly like you are describing. So yep. now, Flo, we got to take a quick break. But when we come back from break, you know what? I want to talk to you about how did you come to this place with these leadership influences? Because I know you've had to see some bad ones over the years and some good <laughs> ones. So, so we're going to interact around that. Hey, everybody, make sure you stay tuned. You are listening to Discover the Leader in You with a leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. And we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to the Leadership Linebacker, and I'm excited about today's show. I tell you what, Flo is really sharing some nuggets with us today, leading and consulting from a global perspective. And it's been very easy to follow Flo and his idea of the construct of the hybrid leader. Now, one of the things that we were talking about before we went to break was just the idea that you know, this is a type of leader that has to be able to go back and forth. And and I think at the end of the day, all leaders would probably agree to the fact that, yes, you have to be able to think on your feet uh, somewhere along the lines akin to a situational leader. But this is even deeper than that. And just want to pause here for a second and let everybody know, hey, we'd love to hear from you. You can give us a call live in studio right now at one 888 
281-1110. And you can also tweet your questions to me at Jason Carthen, and we'd love to engage you. And when you have a moment, this is going to be rebroadcast as well at jasoncarthen.com. So make sure you uh, go there and listen to it again and leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd love to uh, get that rating from you. Now, Flo, we were talking about some uh, deep stuff there. And when we transitioned, I said you had to have had to have seen some good and some bad examples of leadership. Now, Tell me a little bit about that and how it relates to, you know, this leading, you know, in a global perspective. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Are you chuckling? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know, man. <laughs> you, you have to go there, huh? Yep. Okay. <laughs> you know, the, um, I really believe that leadership starts um, at home. It, it starts from the construct, the family unit. It really does. And that's why um, whatever we do, I say we've got to take the time to strengthen the family um, and being present. Um, there are certain rules, for example, and, I, and I'll get to the question in a bit, but there are certain rules and certain articles and research that I've, I've really uh, I've taken to heart, um, particularly with, uh, with the, the role of technology in our world today and how, how it's replacing many things that... Um, we typically do. So we do have a rule in my house where um, during the week, Monday through Friday, the children have only interaction with devices for purely academic reasons. Um, <laughs> on weekends, then, you know, there, there's a reward, and it's a reward-based uh, type structural system. Um, because some of the research is showing that technology and, and, and the social media world, it's in a way... Um, impacting how we're interacting with people. And by virtue of that, it's limiting our leadership capability. Oh, let me, and let me, I'm going to cut in there. Don't lose your train of thought. But I, I have to tell you, man, that is phenomenal. You are basically throwing down the gauntlet and saying, my family is more important than this right. technology. And Man, we do the same thing. It's a little bit different. We have a set window from four to six where the children can interact with their devices, but everything else, they don't even get a chance to play the Wii or any any other things, you know. It's like, hey, family time, still very traditional, sitting at the table and discussing the high points and low points of their days and, and just engaging one another. So I applaud you for that, man. Keep it up. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's expedient, uh, I tell you. It's hard uh, just because this, the technology actually is convenient. Yes. But, um, but we have to make the conscious effort. And, and this is even for those who are listening who perhaps are not doing it. It's something to consider. It doesn't matter how small the time is. But what we're really saying, in essence, is to build that leadership and to build uh, uh, what I call the leaders of tomorrow. We've got to be present intentionally in their lives, uh, and vice versa. Um, so to your question about influence, uh, I would say my very first influences really are my parents. Um, mm-hmm. My mom uh, was an avid reader, so she just constantly read. Mm-hmm. Uh, she read to the point where she actually had to start wearing glasses. I mean, she read the bad light, no light, she just kept reading. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's where my affinity for reading came from. Um, and my writing also was inspired by that. And my dad really was more of the, the dialogue, was more of the trans, uh, transformational, more of the 
father figure, let's have a conversation type. Uh, and really, he, he nurtured the relationship dimension in, 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 in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really is where it came from. Then I went, I was uh, fortunate. Uh, unfortunately, I would say at the time, but now I consider a fortunate opportunity to have gone to, I went to a premier school in uh, Nigeria um, called the Air Force Military School. Uh, it's, a, it's a West Point for high schoolers. Mm. Um, so that was really um, highly competitive. I was able to get into that program and uh, spent uh, five years uh, where I was trained both in leadership, in milita- military, uh, in discipline, in academic. Um, so it was, that was actually where I also honed some of my skills in terms of leadership. I actually did more observing uh, at the younger age and then eventually became role, role, roles into leadership roles. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I must say this last story. Uh, there was one leader uh, who was a bad leader, and I haven't forgotten her. I don't recall her name. But when I came, the first time when I came, when I came to the States, after, by the way, my story was that I was born in the States, uh, and then at a young age, I, I left the States. So grew up outside the States and then came back almost 20 years ago um, for my master's program and, and, and to work and to be involved in the community. So, um, however, when I, when I came back, I, had, I was an architect. I'd gone through college. I was done uh, with school, came into the States. As an architect, I actually had to go through a phase where I was working at McDonald's and uh, Dairy Queen mm-hmm. um, at the time. And um, there was this leader who did not have any care for the welfare of um, her team mm. um, to the point where I, I was I was shocked at how inhuman uh, she was at the time. I don't recall who she is and, and her name, and I would not even, if I do, I would not even bring that up. I think it was right. something I observed. <laughs> <laughs> it was something I observed, and I always told myself, whenever I get a chance to be a leader, I will be one that is human uh, and uh, humane as well, yes. in that I will understand, I try to understand people's um, personality issues and, and be present and just listen. I might not be able to solve all the problems, but at least be there uh, to know, let them know that they, they do have someone they can talk to and uh, see how we can help each other out um, in life. So uh, I don't know if that uh, answers the question, but that's... Uh, no, Flo, uh, that's, that's good. That's good, yeah. And I think that our listeners need to understand that there is a shadow side of leadership. I mean, the, the literature even supports that. You have leaders that that seek to rise and rise for the for the single purpose to be mm. in power. <laughs> and, and once and once they do, things can get very interesting after that. So I think to your point, um, thank you for sharing those. And those are very real. Uh, examples and and I know we won't have enough time today, but at some point I'd love for our listeners to hear how you went from working at McDonald's to <laughs> becoming a doctor very soon and really creating influence by adding to the research streams and doing some amazing things uh, with people. You know, so that's something that maybe we'll have to have you back on or we'll do something. You can be a guest on uh, some of my uh, other shows as well. I think that would be good. So I look forward to it. Now, we have a question that just came in. It says, uh, what advice would you give someone in leadership who works in a negative 
environment flow, but always tries to be upbeat and helpful as a leader. Mm. That that is um, unfortunately quite a, a, a reality for many leaders that I know. Um, I, and I really believe, depending on where you are in your on the leadership scale, I, I really believe that anybody from the lowest rank to the highest rank, every one of us, we're all leaders because. Like John Maxwell said, leadership is about influencing. It's really influence. Right. And everyone has a degree of influence. Now, so depending on where you are on that spectrum, um, one of the things I believe that a leader should do is to uh, work towards shaping or aiding or enhancing the culture. Um, I've always believed that one of the things you can do is to be an example and and that example, in terms of your demeanor, your disposition, uh, has a way of breaking through uh, eventually to some of those negative forces or influences. Um, and then there's some instances where you're, you're best suited by either uh, seeking perhaps an auxiliary role where you can now influence from outside. So the question really it's it's very loaded. Uh, if we knew or if we have more insight, we'll be able to speak to it more specifically. But one thing I would say at a high level is, one, use your influence uh, positively mm. uh, towards effecting change. Sometimes the change might be after you've even left that particular office. But don't think that your influence is not effective just because you haven't seen the result yet. Number two is I would say find a support stream um, because sometimes if you're in an extremely negative environment, uh, your energy can actually be drained if you're not careful. Yes. So you've got to find other people who see like you see. And if there are not too many, build, begin to build that kind of team within you know the organization you're in or the team you're on. And eventually, uh, there will be enough critical mass to influence change. Mm. That's good. That's good stuff right there, Flo. Hey, so we're going to transition and take a break here. But when we come back from break, um, <clears throat> your response to that question was was very powerful. So I want to talk to you about some of the challenges in leading and consulting from that global perspective. Okay. All right. All right. So everybody, we are talking to Flo Falayi and we are dealing with leading and consulting from a global perspective. Make sure you stay tuned. We'll be right back. And this has been an engaging show, very energetic. So let's keep it going. Stay tuned. everybody we are just engaging around the thoughts related to leading and consulting from a global perspective and Flo Falayi is sharing with us just some nuggets nuggets of uh, wisdom and I, I think at the end of the day you know we <laughs> we're talking about some things that I think all businesses would like to do they want to be able to expand to a point where they can go into other markets and and make an impact you know but more importantly, not just to have a better bottom line, but to also grow and develop people. And I think Flo is sharing uh, some some good stuff with us related to hybrid leadership. And before we went to break, we were talking about what are some of the challenges? We don't want to paint a picture that says, hey, it's just going to be great, you know, if you expand into the global marketplace. But 
What are some of the challenges or opportunities in leading and consulting from a global perspective, Flo? I mean, what are your thoughts on that as a thought leader? One of the, um, thank you for asking that question, by the way, because for many of us, um, we think just um, putting our products on the website is going global. It is. <laughs> it is to some extent, and 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 I understand that. And and some of these uh, lessons are things I've learned from past failures myself. Uh, what I've realized and, and discovered is uh, there is a need to actually have a broad perspective. You know, um, yeah. some of that uh, perspective is not just academic; it's experiential. It is understanding or, or literally observing. Um, I recall um, speaking to some college students um, who are about to graduate, and I told them, I said, one of the beauty of being in college is that you get to experience different cultures, uh, and I hope that you have maximized or taken opportunity or taken advantage of that opportunity because there are many people from different parts of the world in one space. One of the key things to do is to ensure that you have either engage individuals, ask questions, you've taught, you've asked them to uh, uh, react and to act as if they are you and really have a really robust dialogue. And I, I really, you know, recommend when I do consult with organization that there is a need for them to have this dialogue uh, and this engagement on a consistent basis. Some want to do it only once a month or once a year or once every other year or what what have you, mm-hmm. but really engaging and having this dialogue is critical to success on a global stage. In other words, you need to be aware of what people are going through um, on a daily basis. So, for example, I, I really love how you took time to really shape um, the audience uh, focus and attention in the light of the terror attacks that uh, uh, we all were aware of what uh, we witnessed that happened in Paris. Yes. Um, so can you imagine if a leader actually has an office in Paris and uh, and simply goes about his or her day tomorrow without a sense of what I call understanding and being empathetic to perhaps just how the employees are feeling tomorrow. Right. Um, that leader will be a classic fail. You know. So really, one of the key things that is it cannot overstate its perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, like a, 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 a distance, maybe a second, maybe a second shade to that would be vision. Uh, uh, to just see um, the opportunities and to be able to embrace what those opportunities are, uh, for some people, is a big challenge because they can't see it. Uh, and so even when you do say, oh, you know what, you, you've got to go global, you've maximized the local market, you've got to go out to expand, Sometimes, because of their fear or their lack of what I call awareness, uh, they do not see. So those two are really big. Those are some of the big issues that I'm having to deal with and help people overcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, it, when, it, when we're talking about consulting, perhaps, in the global market, uh, is to have that perspective and have that vision. You know what, Flo, that is, that's very good. And it sounds like you're starting from the, the ground up. You know, again, you keep you having these discussions around principle and foundation so you can build upon it and move forward because, you know, at the end of the day, whether you, and I've been consulting now for two decades, brother, and it's, uh, (laughs) it hasn't always been good. (laughs) I'm blessed now, but it hasn't always been good. And you have to figure out exactly 
you know, at the end of the day, what what type of uh, value am I adding? Where can I meet people where they are? You know, and to your point about being empathetic, you know, I love the example that you gave. If a leader shows up and tomorrow in Paris and just says, you know, I'm going to crack the whip. I don't care about what's going on around us. None of that matters. That is an epic fail. <laughs> we, you know, the absolute, you're going to react to that? I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually in agreement with you that that's absolutely a classic fail. And we see that, you know, the sad thing is that we see that all the time. Yes. All the time. Yeah. But it's just a, it's a sad narrative because, and I, I don't know if you have the same mindset, but I, I truly believe, you know, that the idea that a leader puts on a mantle of leadership and my students know and my clients know, I talk to them about it. The mantle is heavy. But so what? You put it on as a leader. You have to walk with it. You have to encourage people. You have to nurture people. And at the end of the day, if people rise or fall, really, it's based upon your leadership. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. We're not talking about Joshua, but don't look to the left or to the right. But realize, you know what, that you're responsible for your followers and how they do, you know, at the end of the day. So, right. You know, whether we're talking about uh, domestically or global, foreign, you know, we have to remember that, hey, when we are called to lead, it's a responsibility. It is a responsibility. Now, Flo, I would be remiss. I have to switch gears here briefly. I would be remiss. How can people get in touch with you? Are you on social media? Tell me about your consultancy. We're, we're running out of time, but how can people get in contact with you if they want to uh, connect with you? Oh, thank you for the opportunity. So um, I, I have my website up, which is um, flowfalai.com. Um, for those who perhaps um, also want to reach me specifically with regards to leadership, um, our website, hybrid, www.hybridleaders.org is, uh, is the best way for people to reach me, hybridleaders.org. And right on there, there's a contact section, Email uh, email is info at hybridleaders.org. We would love to have dialogue with people uh, and really help them uh, in their journey uh, towards leadership development or perhaps towards globalization and, uh, and really raising the leadership standards of the people. On Facebook, uh, it's uh, Dr. Flo Falai. Uh, on Twitter, it's just Flo Falai. And uh, I believe... Um, you and I connected um, on Twitter, and yes. hopefully people just uh, will link us up, and uh, and we can take it from there and go on and do great and uh, and wonderful things. So available to have conversation, available to be of help in any way, and um, I think uh, I'm excited about what is to come. It is uh, it's definitely a good thing. Absolutely, and you know I I uh, link arms with you with a spirit of expectation. I think God is going to do some amazing things in your life. He's already doing it. Uh, and I think uh, for your sons, as you speak into their lives and as you love your bride, you're also leading yeah. her. You know, so yeah. it's it's amazing uh, what can happen. Now we're almost out of time, but I want to just let everybody know that I had the privilege of meeting Flo at a uh, TED talk, and just a uh, very sharp guy, very sharp guy. If you guys get an opportunity to take a look at his website at hybridleaders.org. Make sure you do that. Make sure you uh, connect with him. I know he's going to be doing some amazing things. And we're praying for you, man. Let's finish up that dissertation, doctor. 
<laughs> will do. Definitely will do. <laughs> All right, very good. Now, now we're at the end of the show, but one of the things that I just want to remind everybody, you know, if you ever want to uh, be a guest on the show, send me an email. Send me an email to radio at jasoncarthen.com. There are so many emerging leaders out there that have some amazing stories that could help others, other entrepreneurs or other uh, corporate executives. We have people from uh, senior level executives with, at HP to, you know, people that are just starting up. So we'd love to hear from you because at the end of the day, I truly believe that it's all about helping people. You know, if you can expand the conversation, like Flo said at the top of the show, that's what we all should do at the end of the day. Now, Flo, I just want to say thank you again for being on the show. Make sure you stay connected with me, brother. And any way I can help, I will certainly do that, okay? I appreciate that so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. No problem. Hey, everybody, just as a reminder, you've been listening to Discover the Leader in You with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. Just want to remind everybody, make sure you navigate to jasoncarthen.com. And then also over to Facebook because we're going to be having a webinar on Tuesday on how you can grow your business into the high six figures. I want to help you do that. All right. At the end of the day, thank you for engaging with me today. And always remember to live your destiny on purpose. Take care now. You've been listening to Discover the Leader in You with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. We want to hear from you. Connect with us now. Visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to jasoncarthenradio.com. Be sure to join us every Sunday at 2 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer, to discover the leader in you.